You're listening to Bo and Dave's excellent podcast, Chicago's podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bo and Dave's show or Facebook.com forward slash The Bo and Dave's show. Buckle up, bitches. It's about to get juicy. episode number 71 we are here in chicago finally hitting the 60s and uh we are excited to be back it's been uh we've actually took a, a little bit of time off and uh i'm so excited for our first guest of the new year she's not only an actress she's a voiceover artist and a dialect coach and and that part of of her of her line of work really intrigues me. I'm super excited to bring in uh, Karen Strassman. Karen, welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm just in the middle of a work day. Um, was recording for three hours this morning, then had two auditions. Um, now I'm going inter- to do this interview with you, and just after that, I have a coaching client who I'm going to coach. Um, so it's uh, right in the middle of a, a really juicy, fun, good, busy work day. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now, um, before we get into um, you know some of, the, some of the projects people would know you from and, and, and all that uh, fun stuff, I do want to talk about, there's something that's pretty interesting. I think you're the first guest we've had on that has dual citizenship. So in other words, uh, if I really? understand this right, I believe you, you're you from the Washington, D.C. area, but you're also a resident of uh, France, correct? That's correct. That's that, correct. I have a French passport. That is pretty amazing. So uh, walk me through that. How, how do you, how do you uh, wind up in France from Washington, D.C.? Do you know people out there? Do you go there for school? What's going on there? Well, um, my dad's from New York, and my mother um, was from Denmark. She was Danish. And so half of my family actually has always lived in Denmark. And um, so as a, a little girl, we traveled back home to Denmark a lot to see family and for vacations and stuff like that. And I think that I was brought up in a way that was sort of partly American and partly European. And uh, when I was in college, I after a while, I just started, I, I just started missing Denmark and that whole feeling. There's a, you know, different countries have different feelings and their different rhythms of life and different values. And I, I just wanted to go back there. And I thought, you know what? That's silly. Why don't I go to another country? Um, to study for a year um, and, and why I can learn another language because I could always go back to Denmark. So I had taken a little French in high school and I I had been there once um, and I thought, I, why don't I go there? And so I went there actually at 19 years old for my junior year abroad and I went there and I was studying psychology, I was studying French and I was studying theater in French. And um, what happened is while I was there, I got an apprenticeship as a dialect coach in um, in a 
studio where they coach professional French actors to act in English for the camera, meaning that there's a lot of co-productions that, um, that, you know, from Canada or from the States or from other places that go through France and they're shooting in English. So they need actors who, um, either speak with a, not an accent or actors that are French that can be understood sure. and know how to use, um, English when they're acting. Sure. Um, so they don't have to be, you know, dubbed over. <laughs> and, um, and I, I just saw it on a bulletin board in one of the theaters that I was studying in and I answered the ad and I did an apprenticeship that same year. And it turned out it was just kind of a fluke. I had never even considered being a dialect coach before. Um, it was a fluke, and it turned out I was just very good at it. And the following year, when I was supposed to go back to Tufts University and uh, get my psychology degree, um, they offered me a full-time job as one of their main coaches in oh, the studio. Wow. And, and you know, <laughs> my, my passion has always, since I was a very, very little girl, always been acting, all, you know, and to stay in this magical, beautiful city of Paris and be paid to work with actors and be surrounded by what I, you know, all of these magical, wonderful things, you know, as right. a 20 year old, um, you know, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things. Let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. On. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and, um, and I married a Frenchman at that time and, uh, ended up getting, uh, French papers and a passport at that time. That's, so that's how I became a French citizen and how I now have dual nationality. That's amazing. That I, I always think that that's mm. that's so brave, number one, to do that at such a young age to travel overseas and I mean it's I mean, literally a different different part of the world. So especially as a young as as a young yeah. person in school, I mean it's I mean to me it seems it seems just it's it's one of the bravest I we always talk about on the show when we have people that move from like uh, New York to LA, it's like wow, that's 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 so crazy just to move across country like that, and uh, to to move into a, another country completely is is really wild. That's so cool. Um, the 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 thing that I love about um, voice actors and, and voiceover artists, uh, and this always intrigues me, is the character work, right? Um, I, I've seen some, yeah. some interviews you've done on YouTube and that, and, and you, you find a really like you, you talk about character work and just maybe like the area of, of maybe your, 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 your mouth where the dialect comes from and, and where, where the sounds are coming from, which is, it's kind of cool because I've heard like Fred Armisen from Saturday Night Live kind of talk about like, even within the five boroughs of New York, depending on where you're from, they talk out of a different the dialect is different, and and yeah. where, where it comes yeah. from is different. Have you always been intrigued by doing different voices and accents and character work like that, or um, is that something that you? I you, think yeah, I think I always, I think I always have been. I, I even when I was a kid, I just, um, I I loved acting and I loved do and I I in high school I got several parts right got to learn an accent and speak with an accent and I just loved doing that. So I, it wasn't something that I knew that I would, you know, I just knew that I loved it. And I knew even as a little girl that it was like a dream to be able to do that. 
but at, at that age, I, I didn't think I was pretty enough, and I didn't think that I was good enough, and I thought, like, oh, other, like, beautiful people or actors, I'm just, you know, I'm just a kid growing up in Washington, D.C., like, well, you know, I that's not me, I, I, I couldn't do that, um, but I, even at that time, I still just loved it and was fascinated by it. Do do you like and and just so we can let uh, let our listeners know? I mean, well, I mean, you've done voiceover for for video games, animation, <laughs> anime. I mean, it, literally, if you go to Karen Strassman's IMDb, there's over 500 different projects that she's been involved in. Um, some of the video games, <laughs> just just to name a few that that people would know: Call of Duty, uh, Halo Wars Two, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Three. Uh, World of Warcraft. I I, I want to say uh, even Mortal Kombat. Didn't you do a couple voices for that as mm-hmm. well? Mm-hmm. Katana and Melina. Yeah. Wow. That's so. When you do something like that, uh, and and also, and I want to add Resident Evil because yeah. that just came out, and it's a huge fan favorite, and it's been such fun to feel the enthusiastic reception for that game, which which I did motion capture and I played a lead in, so that was really cool. Wow, oh, you did motion capture too, huh? Mm-hmm. I do motion capture, yeah. That's awesome. So, so in uh, the, in Resident Evil, what 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 characters or characters are you playing in that? I played Doctor Annette Birkin, um, who, for some people who know the storyline, is has always sort of been known as that evil doctor who is the wife of William who becomes the monster. Um, And in this remake of Resident Evil, the writers really did just such a beautiful job as portraying her not so much as evil, but as somebody who's just deeply, deeply conflicted and actually, in her way, um, devoted to saving the world. Um, So it's it's really... The writing in this video game is really cool and the uh it's just technologically really well done um and i should i should be clear it's resident evil 2 right and that's that's the most recent one resident evil 2 remake the one that just came out a few months ago that's awesome so so walk me how do you get how do you get that role do you audition for that do they contact you from from other work you've done how does that uh how does that come Um, to play well generally most roles one auditions for, um, but sometimes if the sometimes if you know people who are casting, you know know what they're looking for and know who they want to work with or just have an idea, they'll make an offer. And um, this particular game, Resident Evil, I was uh, honored to receive an offer. And um, uh, Tom Keegan, who was the director, who was directed. He's one of the best motion capture directors in the country, as far as I'm concerned, in the world. Um, and I and I don't say that lightly. He's just wonderful. I would agree. Um, I would agree. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I worked with him in Wolfenstein Two as the French character Maria Laurent, which they actually used my physical likeness for that, which was really really cool and really creepy at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and we worked together for. For years, for years, um, ever since I came back to this country and started working in Los Angeles, um, we've worked on video games together. So, and I've been in other iterations of Resident Evil. I played Alexia Ashford in um, a whole bunch of years ago. So um, I, I don't. 
exactly know how it came about, but I guess the team decided they wanted to offer me the role, and I was, you know, delighted to uh, to say yes. Wow. So on on something like that, on a video game like that, where you play a character, do they give you a certain amount of liberties to come up with that character's voice, or do they have something in mind? Um, is that is that a difficult process for you to to come up with that character? Is there like certain information that you want as a, as a, as as a creative person? Like, I mean, obviously they can maybe give you a you know a picture or something like that of what the character would look like. But are there other things you look for? You know, each job is different. Um, every single job is is different. You know, for this one. They weren't looking for a specific voice per se. It was more we were more developing the character and the voice itself was just part of the character. So we weren't going like she needs to hide be high pitched and nasal or she needs to be low and gravelly. We just we were looking for the truth of the character and that that would be expressed, you know, that would just be expressed part of that expression of, you know, through the voice. For sure. So we didn't focus on what they wanted the voice to sound like, but, you know, um, in other video games, sometimes that has, that is the case. You know, we want her to, you know, we want her to have a low commanding voice or, you know, or this character, this particular character has an accent or, you know, she has an accent, but let's make it a little higher because, you know, like for example, Helena in Dead or Alive, that video game, um, they, they wanted her accent um, a little bit higher. So in, in different games, it was a little bit higher or lower. And, you know, we would kind of gauge what worked for that. Um, when I did, um, um, let's say, Isha in um, StarCraft Two, we wanted, she was this sort of mechanical serpentine character. And they were really looking for something that was, felt computery but felt sort of smooth and then we we worked with different pitches and we ended up with something a little higher um another example in my head something i wanted to share let's see what was that um oh shoot it was an interesting example too um but or for example i just did um the tv show preacher in which i played uh, dr lois slotnick who is an evil um, scientist. And what was fun with that is when I auditioned for it, I actually, I, when I heard she had a German accent, but when I auditioned for that character, um, they didn't ask for any accent. And I think they were just uh, getting people who were doing an American version of it. Right. And when I, and I did that in my audition, um, I put myself on tape for the role, but then I just, said to my friend who was working with me taping it, I said, you know what? I do not know why, but I am just chomping at the bit to do this with a German accent. I think it would be <laughs> so much fun. And, you know, even just for my own, you know, you know, bleeps and giggles, um, <laughs> well, I just want to do this. Sure. So um, we did it, and we and I didn't even think I'd submit it. And we looked at it, we like, this just feels so much more the character. She should have a German accent. This is great. <laughs> and we actually, so we submitted it. We submitted it first. And, um, and the team who, you know, the wonderful <laughs> um, uh, preacher team, all the producers and creatives and 
Seth Rogen and all of them. That's not what they had conceived of, but I guess they saw my audition and they went, that's a really cool idea, and they cast me. And so when I went in to work on that project, um, I really had a lot of leeway because that particular character is not in the comic books. So it's a character that the writers had created, um, to my knowledge anyway. And, um, and so I could really, we could really together kind of create her to be what, what, um, we would work for the show and what, so there was a kind of some experimenting, you know, how dark is she, how energetic is she, and really kind of figuring out together. And whereas, I'm giving you a bunch of examples here. Sure. Um, for example, there's some, a lot of video games that I do that are, some are, are based, you know, were created in Japan, and they're looking for a voice that sounds similar to the Japanese version. Um, so they'll play me the Japanese version, and I'll listen to it, and I'll do something that is in that vein as an American. Oh, right on. Um, so, so there's so many different ways it can go, you know? Right, right. There, there's... And, and uh, like right now, I'll give you another example. Right now I'm working on an original cartoon, which I can't talk about. Sure. But I have my main characters, again, which we sort of developed together. And, you know, there's one character that there's a lot of little boys in the show. And there's another actress who plays two little boys. And I've, I play a couple different characters, among which is one of the lead little boys. But we needed to differentiate him from the other two little boys. And we didn't know how to do that, so we decided that he was just going to be sort of a scaredy cat. And so he kind of he kind of will stutter and speaks a little slower sometimes. And so we, he always sort of has that essence to him. But that's something that we made up as we were developing the character together. You know, that's... whereas sometimes you come, you go in, and they have the character written up. This character is this way, and it has to be that way. So that's yeah, and that, another another example. That's exactly what I. That's exactly what fascinates me about that artwork, right? Is that is that. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter anything about that. Uh, about that, if you're tall or short or or skinny or heavy, and 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 really to a point, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl because you could do either voice. I remember growing up finding out that Bart Simpson uh, was voiced by by a woman, or you know Nancy Cartwright, or uh-huh. or Jimmy Neutron was 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 voiced by a woman. I think that's the coolest. I think that's very, very, and I had no idea. I mean, for, for years, and this is, I'm an adult. (laughs) It took me forever to figure that out. I didn't know. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that until I started doing voiceover and, and, and somebody asked me to do a voice voice. And then I was working with another actress on the same thing. And this was way back in France years and years ago on my first uh, recording project. Yeah, and I didn't know it either, and a lot of people don't, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So hopefully I didn't spoil it for anyone, but I always thought that that's, that's so fascinating. Um, and then one more thing I want to touch on with the, with the, uh, with the, with the voiceover work is uh, a project that sure. I, I'm, I, I know you talked about. I want to go a little bit more I- into it. I, I saw on a, a YouTube interview or a, a, a video that you did, uh, Monsuno was a, a TV series. Yeah, and, and, and I love Monsuno <laughs> so much. And is yeah. it is it true you did like twenty six different voices for that show? Yeah, 
Unbelievable. Yeah, one day we sat down. It was it was myself. It, it was just a really, really wonderful um, original animated series that um, that was on Nicktoons, and we did two and a half seasons of it. And the it was based on all of these toys, and I think the toys weren't selling quite as well in America as they wanted. So after two and a half seasons, we stopped. But it's it's extremely popular in other countries right now. I've heard. Um, but it's not quite as well known here, but it's a series I did with, um, uh, four men and myself. So we were Cam Clark, who, um, everybody knows from, um, uh, Ninja Turtles and sure. so many things. Um, Chris Smith, Kirk Thornton, and Keith Silverstein, who are four, like, mega superstars in the voiceover world <laughs> um, and and who are also just really just excellent human beings who I have a lot of affection for. It, you know, it's, we're, we will always be a Monsuno family because we would get together every Friday afternoon to record an episode <laughs> um, and drink margaritas afterwards. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Um, mm-hmm. um, but uh yeah, so so we all there, and you know there was I don't know how many episodes in each season, but a lot. And so you know the the male characters were split up between these four men, and then all the female characters. <laughs> there was only one person who could do them because there was only one girl. Right. <laughs> so I yeah I did every single female character on that show plus a, a plus a handful of little boys. Wow. Do you ever get oh, lost, yeah. like in, in, within, like, oh wait, what voice did I do for this character? I would think that's—I don't even know how you'd keep that straight. Well, luckily, when you go into record, you don't have to necessarily remember it yourself because if if you've already established a voice, even if you've only done it once, and that character recurs, or you know, or it's a main character, or whatever, they'll always before any recording session, they'll always play you the voice, what they call the voice reference. Oh, So cool. before the recording session, you know, before you start reading the script, they'll go, okay, let me, you know, we'll pull up the voice rest for you. And then they'll go down the line and they'll play every character that's in the episode that you're about to record. So you can listen to it and go, ah, and um, often what you'll do is you'll hear the voice ref and then repeat after it. So they can kind of make sure their mics are set to, uh, you know, make sure the voice sounds like it does in all the other episodes. Sure, sure. Yeah, oh, that's cool. And is it easy for you to slip back into that character once you've heard it? I, I would think yeah. it's, yeah. It, usually, usually it is, because yeah. it, it just, it lives in a certain, you know, it lives in, in a certain part of me, and you know, in, in certain parts of the muscle group and in certain parts of my psyche. I, <laughs> um, the only time that it's a little difficult is if it's not a character I've done very much, like say that character only had one or two lines and then, you know, something like that. But, uh, but usually, usually, usually once you kind of establish them, you can remember where they live. That, that is the coolest. Go, oh yeah. that. <laughs> so do you, yeah. when you were little, did you try to like uh, mimic like the grown ups and try and do their voices or somebody you've heard on TV or was it always more like original type of, I can do, you know, I could do this for you, or whatever, whatever it is. I uh, or was it? Were you trying to like take after somebody, or just kind of natural? Hey, I can do all these different voices. Um. Well, 
I wasn't really, when I was younger, my focus was on theater and TV and film. I didn't even know, I, I honestly didn't even consider that I could do voiceover as a job. I, you know, I was like you, like I looked at cartoons and I enjoyed the stories and everything, but sure. I didn't, it didn't occur to me like who are doing, you know, I didn't think about that too much. And I just, I loved growing up. I just loved theater. I love theater right so on. much. And I, and I, and I loved watched certain TV programs. And, um, as a little girl, I loved Little House on the Prairie and I wanted to be Melissa Gilbert. And, <laughs> um, you know, but I, so it was more, I would work on accents in terms of like being in a play and a certain character had an accent, you know, I, but I remember, you know, I did a Midsummer Night's Dream, a, a lovely high school production of it with a, uh, they had this raked set that was sort of like a jungle gym and we were all kind of characters were tumbling around in this um, very phantasmic uh, set that they had built, which was really great set for a high school production. And um, and I was cast as the character of Puck. And I remember I decided to change my voice for it. And I did, a, I did actually sort of almost an anime-type voice for that character. Um, they wanted Puck to be androgynous and sort of, you know, Puck as a sprite. So I actually did kind of a voice like this for Puck. Yes. So it was kind of like kind of a boy's voice kind of. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I just knew that it was a sprite and that you weren't sure if it was a boy or a girl. And so I just, I just did that. I think that was, I was maybe 15 years old or 16 years old at that time. That's, um, that's per. You could have so, so much I, fun I with that. Kind of was drawn to that stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like, as, as like, as like, a, if I was a 15, 16 year old, like, and could do different voices like that, I would be prank calling everybody I know and messing with them. It's just the funniest <laughs> thing. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, uh, and, and also, you know, because, because, um, my, you know, I had that, I was part Danish and my mom didn't speak Danish to us, but I was trying to learn the language when I went over there. And then I would love to imitate all my relatives who have a Danish accent. Um, because the Danish is a little bit in the back of the throat. So, no, I tell Dansk, for the, um, uh, when I speak Danish, then the voice you hear is a little bit in the back of the throat. And so even when I was, and they do not really say W, so they sort of say instead of when, they say then. So when I was a little girl, I was um, liking to uh, imitate my uh, my family, who is in Denmark, and uh, I thought it was, uh, quite good fun to to do that, and that was always kind of I loved hearing accents and trying to imitate them at that time, you know. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's so much fun. <laughs> it is so much fun to to, to play with that, um, and uh, I love to hear that. That that just it's so amazing to me that people like you don't even think that people talk to each other, communicate all the time, and they don't think about where where the sound resonates, whether in the, in the like. Yeah. In the back, it's just I think that's such a cool thing to pick up on. So much so, I would almost be afraid. Like if I was in a room with you, I'm like, oh no, she's she analyzing my voice and my my dialect pattern. No. <laughs> uh-huh. If I if I ever analyze somebody's voice, it's not out of judgment; it's out of pure delight. <laughs> you know, like I'll be in a restaurant and I'll be sitting having you know dinner with somebody, and I'll hear something behind me. I'll be like, oh wait a minute, I'll say, I'll say to my friend, okay, behind me to the left, that woman. Either a Polish accent or a Romanian, and I'm not sure which. And I'll listen one, like, oh, 
Polish. And then, you know, and I'll go, and, and finally it'll just drive me crazy, and I'll just, you know, turn late, and I'll say, you know, you have such a lovely accent, and it sounds so familiar, but I'm trying to, is it, is it Polish? And she's like, yes, it is. You know, <laughs> how did you know? Let's just say, uh, yeah, yes, it awesome. is. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but, uh, but, but I, but I, when I hear accents or analyze them, it's really, it's like out of the pure delight. It's never out of like a judgment or anything like that. Sure. That's, well, that's good. That's, that's refreshing to know. So anybody that's hanging out with Karen. <laughs> um, so uh, now, now l- lest we think that all you do is voiceover work, you've got a very accomplished career in live action stuff too. Uh, you know, some of the things, uh, the Red Thunder, I know you, you played a lead in that. That won a bunch of awards. Um, and, yeah. And best short film. I love that yeah, in 2015. I mean, that, I mean, so that was a short, but uh, you've also been, you know, and this is all stuff. Again, I, I love these shows. Be guest starred in shows like Silicon Valley, Weeds, Criminal Minds, Private Practice. Um, you had a part in in The Purge. I mean, you've been all over the place. And and I was reading your your most recent newsletter. <coughs> excuse me. And uh, sounds like you're going to be recurring in season five of uh, Bosch on Amazon Prime. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's, I will be. That's awesome. No. I will be. It's a lovely little role. Um, it's not. It's not. It's just a lovely. Uh, I I just did that show. That show. Um, they do everything in their power to make it as real and realistic as possible. So when I was on set for that show, um, I played DDA Laura Tribe, so a deputy attorney, and they actually had a real deputy attorney on set, and I got. I got to talk with her and hang out with her and, you know, you know, she, and she said, I'm here, you know, I'm here to help you with any questions you have. And I said, well, you know, and I'd say, well, how would you play this role? You know, how, if this, if you had this case and this client, how would you approach this client? And, you know, she told me things that I wouldn't necessarily have considered. And, you know, when we talked about the implications of the case, and, you know, and, and even how I would relate to the judge. And it was just so much useful information that as an actor, you usually sort of have to do your own research on. But they have, they, you know, they have forensics on set, like whatever they need for, a, you know, a given episode or, you know, they, they have that person who is an expert to make sure that, you know, things are done in real time. You know, if, if, you can't get fingerprints back from a lab within a certain amount of hours, then they won't, you know, some shows will be like, oh, just got the fingerprints back from the lab. Let's take a look. But <laughs> if you can't get them back that fast and on Bosch, they'll figure out some other way to, you know, get the evidence that they need. And, you know, the writers are very committed to that as well. You know, I spoke to one of the writers on set who, you know, spoke to me about that. And it's just, it's a really cool show. Um, it's a really cool show. No. <laughs> that's my that's my enthusiastic diatribe about that. No, no, no. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. cool. Bosch is a cool show. Amazon Prime has a lot of great shows. I mean, we've had uh, mm-hmm. we've had people on from Sneaky Pete and some other things like that. I mean, it's a- Amazon Prime. Yeah. I mean, all all these streaming services are really putting out some amazing, amazing uh, um, uh, 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 shows, movies, any anything like that you can think of. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's almost overwhelming. Like, where do all right? Where do I watch this one? Oh, this is HBO Go. Oh, wait, this is this. Is, and um, you know, Amazon Prime seems to be very consistently putting out great, uh, great uh, projects. Um, 
You also, we you, you mentioned a little while ago, your reoccurring guest role on uh, Preacher, which is on AMC. <laughs> um, and now AMC is another one. I mean, you know, I don't know. 15 years ago, I, I don't know that I would have really thought to go to AMC for something to right. watch, you know, but I mean, you, you look at the shows they've had, I mean, whether it's Breaking Bad or Walking, Walking Dead and, and uh, you know, Preacher, not, it's, they've got a lot of great shows too. Um, what was it? What was it like being on on the set of Preacher? And are you coming back again on that one, or what's going on with that show? I don't know because they're shooting in Australia, so yeah. um, I have a feeling they, you know, they like to go to a completely different universe. I mean, oh my gosh, if they invited me back on the show, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be delighted. <laughs> but I, I know that they're shooting over there, so it's a different, uh, it's a whole different uh, setup. And they, the ones that I shot. Um, they shot in New Orleans. Um, That's awesome. And uh, so they did two seasons in New Orleans. Um, and so I was in that those iterations. And, oh, God, um, that was so much fun. It's a really cool show because, you know, it's based on the comic book. So these are all, you know, comic book characters. Right. And so the nature of these comic book characters is there's, you know, they're a little bit bigger than, you know, just, you know, just, you know, Joe, whatever on the street there, these are, you know, fascinating comic book characters. So we're talking, you know, a vampire and, you know, Jesse, who has the voice of God that gets stuck in him and, 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 you know, even what they look like, that's, you know, it doesn't look like the average person walking down the street. There's an kind of an animated quality to each character and a sort of bigger than life essence. But at the same time, every single character in that show, as far as I'm concerned, or, or everyone that I can think of when I'm sitting talking to you now, they have made these characters so real. So, you know, Cassidy, who's a vampire, you know, might not exist every day, you know, you might not always see that guy, you know, in, uh, you know, in Ralph's or, you know, in the <laughs> grocery store, but he is, yeah, he's a vampire, which is perhaps fictional, but he is so real. And the way he is played, you just, for me, I, I just, when I watched the series, I just fell in love with every single character on the show because they just are so, even the ones who aren't human at all are so human. And, and they're also, every character is, there's, is conflicted. You know, they're not, they're not black and white. They're not three dimensional. You know, they're all sort of fighting their own battle. And <clears throat> there's layers of what could be good. There's layers of what could be bad. Hold on one sec. I'm just going to cough. Sure. Excuse me. Um, and, and you know, they're all kind of on their own search. So it's, it's a very, very sort of <laughs> human show in a way. And the way the relationships are built, I mean, the writing is so well done. The character development is so well done. In the, and I would often, when I was watching it, just pause the show and look at a freeze frame Every time I do that, I go, "Wow, that could be that could be a photograph. That could be a photograph. That could be a still." Um, the lighting 
the, uh, you know, all of the photography and camera work. It's just, I'm, I'm really surprised that that show was not up for more awards because it's, it's so well done and so well crafted. And I think the acting is really superb. I think, I, and it's working with each one of those actors was just such such a friggin' treat. Oh man, you know? you know I don't know. AMC has a knack for picking up those like realistic looking, gritty kind of shows. They they really do a great job yeah. with that. Um, yeah. The other thing that that I find very interesting because this is so so we've gone from video games to animation to anime to uh, to to. We talked theater. We talked some some reoccurring uh, guest starring spots uh-huh. on some shows. This one is kind of uh, this this one's a little different, okay? And it sounds like you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be playing a character, uh, Barbara Dowles in uh, Tom Six's new horror movie, The Onania Club, mm-hmm. which uh, mm-hmm. The Onania Club. Now, now, I, for those of you who don't know who Tom Six is, he, he directed uh, The Human Centipede, which is horrifying. Um, so this one, I, I will, I can only imagine with how this will go. Um, but what's cool is, uh, Jessica Morris is in it, who was also on the show before. Um, what oh, can, cool. what can you tell us about this? Is It's a total, uh, this is a lot different than the other projects we were talking about. It sounds like. This is a really bold, daring, disturbing feature film. And I'm, I pause because I just I'm checking myself. We can't really reveal too much about it at this time. But yeah, the, yeah. the trailer is out, so you can go online. And anybody who goes online and looks for the trailer of the Onania Club, O N O Nania, O N A N E A I A Onania, um, it's it's extremely disturbing and. Tom Six, you know, he's known for his disturbing work, but those who are really cinephiles also know that he's, you know, quite an extraordinary director and um, it was such, such a cool experience to get to work with him. Um, He's so creative and he also leaves a lot of space for us to bring our ideas and our interpretation into it. Um, and this movie is going to be, it's a, it's very different from the human centipede films. It's a, I would say it's in a way a different genre and I won't classify that genre because I think Tom six would do it better. Um, but, um, it's a, it's a different kind of, of horror. It's, you know, disturbing thriller. Uh, I'm sure there, I'm sure Tom would come up with a, uh, a good label for it. But um, as far as I'm concerned, it it really reveals a disturbingness about um, humanity that as far as my experience in this world, what goes on in the film is nothing compared to the reality of what human beings are capable of. Um <laughs> And so I think Tom always talks about, you know, people ask him, you know, why do you make, you know, such horrible, disturbing films? And he says, because there's a part of the human psyche that thinks about all those things, and then we won't admit it. And he said, and I, he, he, as a filmmaker, 
what he likes to do is bring that part of the human psyche out and admit that it's there and hold up a mirror to it and make people look at it. Um, you know, that's that's what he does. That's his his thing. Um, but in terms of this film, I'm uh, I'm really I'm excited for it to come out. I I, I think that it's. It's going to be really exciting to see how people respond to it. I think a lot of people are going to be offended by it, and I think a lot of people are going to really like it. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of it. Um, so I'll tell you. What, I, and, so until it comes out, I can't say too much more. But, sure, but sure. I'm very excited about it. I know I'm not a fan of like horror movies necessarily because uh, I get scared easily. But um, outside of that, yeah. what I do like is I like things that are different, anything different, right? So, I mean, you go back to, like, uh, Kubrick or, or, you know, call it what you want. I think anything like that that's creatively different um, is... is I, Clockwork I, Orange. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it, you know? and I would say, I would say this film, um, I would liken a lot of elements and the essence of the disturbingness. You know, it does, it calls up Clockwork Orange, it calls up Black Mirror, um, the TV series. Um, it, those are some of the things that you know. I I think of in relationship to it. Well, and uh, yeah. what intrigues me is like as an as an actor or as an actress, um, what this what a movie like this what what does that look like on paper, and how does that compare to what is actually is actually shot? And I I don't know if you've seen the film yet or. When it's mm-hmm. coming out, but I haven't seen it yet. It's, I haven't seen it yet, so so we'll have to have this conversation at a later date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always intriguing to me because it's so out there. It seems like that mm-hmm. I don't even know how you'd put it on paper, and even if you did, I don't know how you'd make the words describe what is actually you're going to see. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So I find that fascinating. So we'll have to definitely have you back on after this comes out mm-hmm. just to talk about it. But um, do we know, we don't know when that's getting released yet? I don't think I've got a release date on that other than it's coming out this year. No, I, I know it's coming out this year and I know it's going to do the festival circuit, but I don't, I don't know too much more. Tom is very secretive about yeah. all of these things. I can um, imagine. Um, but, but I, the, it stars five women actresses, and you know, it it was a really rich experience to act with these four other actresses: um, Jessica Morris, who you mentioned, um, and the other three. It was, I mean, and the people who see the film will get that what we went through together. That's uh, I can't I can't wait to check it out. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, and and I'll tell you what, Karen, it's it's exciting to see uh, you. You might very well be. We've talked to other people that are busy, but you may very well be the busiest uh, the busiest woman in show business. I mean, uh, the the resume and everything you've got going on. Uh, again. Um, Bosch season five on uh, Amazon Prime. You can check that out. Look out for the uh, Onania Club, Resident Evil Two. Um, I mean, I, really, anywhere you look at this point. I mean, <laughs> you can't really escape Karen Strassman. I love it. Um, there's and there's another show that I just shot that I can't talk about. So you'll um, people will find out about that. We don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> 
But I would imagine I'm jumping at the bit to talk about it. <laughs> well, I mean, we love exclusives here, but I would I would venture to guess that if you follow Karen uh, on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Karen Strassman or uh, the website, which I found very 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 uh, helpful too, is uh, KarenStrassman.com. You could sign up for her newsletter, yeah. and I'm sure that uh, I, I'm sure we'll we'll hear about that TV show on there. I would think so. I am yeah, so yeah. glad you came Absolutely. on, and I'm so glad you gave us your time, Karen. Is there anything else that, that I mean, if, I think we covered it all, but if there's anything else that we should be looking out for, let me know. <laughs> what do we got? Anything else? Or I think, I know, I mean, I think you did a pretty good job. Oh, there is one more thing. Sure. A, a series called Subway Surfers, which is based on the video game, and that it has millions of hits on YouTube already, so... People would really enjoy that. I play Tricky, the the lead female, um, and that's called Subway Surfers, and you can find that online, um, awesome. the animated series. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll be doing more of those. Um, right on. But that's that's some quick fun things to look at that people can enjoy as well. Excellent. We'll be sure to, to share that Subway <laughs> Surfers. Well, well, Karen, thank you very much again. It's Karen Strassman on Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm sure you can find her on Facebook. Um, and then KarenStrassman.com, and we'll make yeah. sure to put those links out there too with the show. So, Karen, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, Dave, it was such a pleasure. No, thank it, you. The pleasure was all ours. So, um, yeah, we look forward to maybe having you on after the movie comes out, and uh, we could talk about that one. If you dare. <laughs> we'll see, right? I might be too scared. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much, and, uh, and uh, we'll look out for you. All right. All right. Thanks so much, yep. Dave. Bye. All right, there you have it, Karen Strassman, actress, voiceover artist, dialect coach. We caught her between projects, um, and uh, she was nice enough to come on, so make sure you look out for her. Bosch, Season 5, uh, Amazon Prime, and uh, the Onania Club, that's a, the new Tom Six joint. Uh, like I said, he directed The Human Centipede, which was absolutely horrifying, so I would imagine that this is going to be off the chain, so... Make sure you give her a follow again. It's uh, Twitter and Instagram at Karen Strassman. It's S-T-R-A-S-S-M-A-N. And uh, all one word. And uh, I think that's about it. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and rate us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bill and Dave Show. Or Facebook.com forward slash The Bill and Dave Show.